We are just a few short days away from training camp officially kicking off in the Ontario Hockey League. Soon there'll be preseason games. And before you know it, it's regular season. Junior hockey is officially back. And this is episode 63 of Night Shift. Calgamard and Mike Stubbs, your hosts as always. Uh, you can follow us online at Calgamard at Mike Stubbs. Uh, Stubbs, the two Bs. Mike, I'm pretty sure that is correct, uh, right? Uh, I, yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I've been spelling it a while and uh, I usually go with the two B's. I don't <laughs> tend to mix that one up. Lots of confusion if you do. Uh, I believe the Twitter is at Stubbs980. That is that's the, uh, it. That's the Twitter account. And uh, listen, Mike, there is a lot to get to. I know it's been a bit since we've done an episode as well. And a lot of news surrounding the Knights roster. There's former players that have moved on to their next endeavors of their hockey careers and a whole lot more in between. Yep, and we're going to be outlining an awful lot of that today. We'll talk about some trades in the OHL in the past week. Caught up with former London Knight Dennis Marouk at the golf tournament. So we'll hear from him. We'll hear from Brett Brochu today. If you're listening to this on Monday, it means that nine training camps out of 20 in the Ontario Hockey League are now open. <laughs> Guelph, Erie, Mississauga, North Bay, Owen Sound, Oshawa, Saginaw, Sarnia, and Sudbury have all opened their camps. The Knights, Kyle, are the last team to get their camp going. It will happen on Thursday. They edge out Kingston, who opens on Wednesday. But the Knights have a pretty quick camp schedule. They are not going to play a preseason game on Labor Day. So you may still see this in different places. They are not going to play a preseason game on Labor Day. If you go to Budweiser Gardens on Labor Day, it promises to be a beautiful sunny day, very warm. There just won't be a lot of hockey. That game has been moved to Saturday, September 9th. So the Knights will play a home-and-home home with the Sarnia Sting to begin the preseason Saturday, September 9th in London, and then Sunday, September 10th in Sarnia. And we'll outline more of that on our next episode. But, Kyle, when we look at the way the training camp is going to work for the Knights, it will open on Thursday, August 31st. Then it will continue through Friday, and then fans can come to the green and gold game, the annual, the traditional, on Saturday, September the 2nd. It begins at 4 o'clock. It's on the ice at Budweiser Gardens, and the fans who want to attend are asked to enter through Gate 4, and rosters are coming out this week. And then the roster will be amended after a couple of days, and they will have the players who are usually players who are close to making the team who make it into the green and gold game, plus a few of the young guys that get an opportunity to play in a game that's maybe a step up from something that they have been in before. So that's the way the training camp will work Thursday and Friday, and then green versus gold on Saturday. And Kyle, I wonder, I wonder if this speaks to, because it's a it's a quick schedule. The Knights usually don't take a lot of time with training camp. They don't stretch it out over, you know, seven days. But this is this is pretty quick. And I'm wondering if this just lends itself to the fact that this roster is tough to make simply because there aren't a lot of open spots. Well, there aren't a lot of open spots, and there's a lot of players from overseas who are going to come in and not only play on the team but play pretty significant roles as well and a lot of players we mentioned this all last year on the night's incredible run all the way to the ohl finals the majority of this group was coming back 
albeit a couple of names from the team. And lo and behold, we're getting all those players plus the additions of some highly drafted players. There were a lot of highly drafted players last year that just, they never found their role. And all of a sudden they're probably going to be put into a spot this year. So it's, there aren't a lot of spots up for grabs. There will be a couple of interesting areas that I will be uh, watching as we go forward. One of them is the goaltending position with, of course, they really have three goaltenders who at any point the season could emerge as the number one guy. Their defense outside of, I think, one guy is all returning as well. And I think that's going to be one of their strengths all year. Definitely will be. And again, it's hard to crack that. And you looked at that a bit last year, too. But what it allows for and the way that the Knights tend to handle things is guys like William Nickel and Sam O'Reilly ended up playing in the GOJHL both had award-winning seasons in the GOJHL. Now you're going to see these guys come in and take on pretty prominent roles. And it wouldn't surprise me if either of those guys really fought their way into, you know, more than just a a fourth-line role. I I think it'll be tough to keep these guys off the top three lines because they have that kind of skill. The other thing to watch for, we know how well the line of Denver Barkey and Easton Cowan and Ryan Winterton went last year. Well, how about if Casper Haltonen just slots right into where Ryan Winterton used to be? I'll be interested to see if that line materializes or if we see a little bit of it even in training camp or in the preseason. Ruslan Gazazov is back. The Knights also have Haltonen, who is an import pick. So those will be their two import picks. Max McHugh, Ryan Humphrey, Connor Federkow, and Ethan McKinnon are the overage players on the roster right now. Remember, you can only keep three so there's a decision to be made there in terms of what to do so max McHugh, ryan humphrey ethan mckinnon and connor Federkow are the overagers on the roster and then on defense you talk about that depth kyle just read it off oliver bonk who was the fourth drafted player by the knights we mentioned ethan mckinnon you've got isaiah george jackson edward alec leonard sam dickinson and then you've also got pj fagan who has joined the team. And you wonder if P.J. Fagan will fight his way to a roster spot. I mean, that'll be an interesting thing to watch through the preseason. So there's there's a lot of names listed here. You have five lines of forwards, seven defensemen, and three goalies. And we really haven't talked about anybody who isn't signed to play for the London Knights. That's the kind of depth that this squad is dealing with. And it's really good depth. These are excellent players. Look at all the NHL draft picks. Well, it's funny too, because normally when a team is this deep at all three positions, normally it means, oh, there's a lack of draft capital. But the problem is all of these players, the majority, like you mentioned, like guys like Denver Barkey, guys like Easton Cowan were drafted and developed through the system from the London Knights. So not only did they go out and they made acquisitions last year, getting the Ryan Winterton and Ryan Humphrey deals, but they also developed their own players, which have allowed them to have this kind of perfect balance in between where they continue to churn out talent on this roster, which then goes on and becomes talent in the national hockey league or the AHL professional levels to a degree. And they just continue to cycle it over and over again. Like I understand when people get frustrated and tired of hearing, Oh, the Knights are in the playoffs for the 25th straight year. It's it's because this system it's not broken. So why would they fix anything? And if they just continue to do this over and over again, and they're going to be a very good team this year. We've talked about the two D's draft and develop. 
and teams have to be able to do one of those to even be competitive. But if you can do both of them, then you've got something special. If you can do both of them consistently, and that's what the Knights do, they draft well, they develop well, then you've got what they have created in London. So the preseason begins Saturday, September 9th, 4 p.m. at Budweiser Gardens against the Sarnia Sting. The Knights and Sting will play a 2 o'clock game the next day, and that will be in Sarnia. You can hear both of those at 980cfpl.ca. And then the Knights go to St. Thomas to the Joe Thornton Community Center on September the 21st to take on the Erie Otters. This is that traditional Erie trip that they come up to Ontario and they tend to play a neutral side game and then they play a game in London. So the preseason wraps up in London against Erie on September the 22nd at 7 p.m at Budweiser Gardens. So that is a look at the roster right now. Just shows how deep things are. A look at the preseason. If we look at guys who aren't here anymore, Kyle, last year's overagers, they are certainly the graduates, along with Logan Mayhew, who is off to the Montreal Canadiens organization. But that's rare in itself for a team to make it to the OHL Championship Series and really only have four players who will graduate and then one overage decision to make. The Quebec Remparts, who won the Memorial Cup, just released their roster. And I did a quick count of this. I recognize four names from last year's team. They were so heavily laden in NHL draft picks and 19-year-old players. I think they have four players returning from last year's Memorial Cup championship team. It's just the way it goes. That's how it normally should go. But, you know, for the Knights to make the OHL finals last year and return the majority of that team, it's, uh, it's pretty special. But like you said, you know, some of the overage players from last year – are off to new endeavors, and we'll start with George Diaco, who is on his way to Sweden. Yeah, he'll be in Sweden right now as you're listening to this podcast, and he has some preseason stuff to play in Sweden, and then his year will open on October the 1st. He's pretty excited about it. Sean McGurn is going to the powerhouse that is the UNB Reds as he plays for the University of New Brunswick. And Sean McGurn is is going to be on a team that is usually littered with former junior hockey players. A lot of times, guys coming out of the OHL, and they are the London Knights of Atlantic University <laughs> hockey. They are in it every single year, and they are usually vying for a national championship every single year. And then, Kyle, we found out about Brett Brochu recently. He will play in the ECHL for the Fort Wayne Comets. Oh, that is so exciting for him. And, and here's a guy who we have mentioned over the last multiple years. And all he did was win OHL's like rookie goalie of the year. He set an OHL record for most wins by a rookie goaltender. Then he won OHL goaltender of the year. Then he dealt with injuries and he missed out on opportunities to play in the world junior hockey championships with the pandemic that unfortunately cuts uh, that the the winter program short, which then had to be followed in the summer, which he never got that opportunity back. And then this run where he looked like he was impossible to beat in the playoffs. Unfortunately, he, he sustained another knee injury or lower body injury, which kept him out for the remainder of the OHL postseason. That could have been a big difference for London and how far they could have advanced. But nevertheless, he does get an opportunity in the ECHL. I I'm very excited. I'm proud of him. I'm glad that he's going to get another chance to play professionally and who knows what happens from there. Well, let's name some names here. 
Just let me let me throw these names out there, Kyle. Okay. Tim Thomas, Jordan Bennington, Jonathan Quick, Braden Holtby. I could go on, but all of these players played in the ECHL and then went on to the National Hockey League. And look at how many Stanley Cups we have there. Every all one of them. those guys has won a Stanley Cup. So is it possible to play in the <laughs> ECHL and make it to the top of the hockey world? Well, those four guys have done it. Absolutely it is. And Kyle, you know development of goaltending so well. It's, you know, if a guy is starting in the ECHL as a player, you tend to say, okay, you know, that's going to be a tough climb to get to the National Hockey League. Is it different as a goalie? It, you know, to an extent it is and it isn't because, you know, it's, you got to jump up in at least two levels to make your way to the NHL. But the difference between players and goaltenders, players come out of the drafts today and they're looking to be impact players at 21, 22, even 23. Whereas goaltenders, you know, that goaltenders are going to take a little bit longer to develop guys like. Carter Hart, for example, who got thrown in early in Philadelphia and then had a really good rookie year and then kind of digressed a little bit. And now he's still finding his way. You know, he's going to be 25 years old and maybe he starts to figure it out. But just it's a it's a big adjustment as a goaltender because you got to get used to the system that the team plays in front of you, the speed of the game, the the size of the like there's so many different factors that play into it. And I know that players also have to factor that in. But as a goaltender, there's so much that you know, mentally you've got to battle and overcome and you have to understand how your team plays in front of you. So normally for goalies, it takes a little bit longer to develop and and sometimes going and playing in the ECHL and slowly working your way up might just be the best route for some goaltenders. And it could well very be for Brett Brochu. Well, he will start with the Fort Wayne Comets. And we had a chance to sit down with Brett Brochu and talk about this summer, talk about the decision, talk about how things have been going. Yeah, I mean, it's been a fun summer. Like, I, I've been living up in London, so it's it's been good training, training at TPH. It's It's been really good. Um, but, yeah, and then, uh, um, obviously, I didn't have a spot to play, and um, it kind of all just happened pretty quickly within, like, a couple weeks. And then... Um, you know, yeah, I wanted a place to play and, and figure out where I was going to go. So, so we signed and, and yeah, now we're, now we're here and, 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 uh, looking forward to this upcoming year. When you look at this year and you look at the ECHL, do you look at goalies, Braden Holpe, Olaf Kolzik? I mean, we can go through a yeah. long list. You look at those guys. Yeah, for sure. I mean, everyone's story is different, right? Like there's obviously guys who can, can make it right away and, and are, are, are really good, but I think I have some developing to do and, and to get my game better. Um, to make it to the next level so yeah obviously uh, i think it's it's going to be really good for my development and, and and get some playing time so um and obviously pro hockey is pro hockey so we gotta um it's a big step and and gotta get ready for that how are things feeling after rehabbing the injury yeah really good um you know i kind of had that uh, same process the year year before so i kind of got it down pat now unfortunately um but yeah uh, rehab went really well um Everything's everything's good now, so ready to go for for the start of the year. So is it a positive that you only have two legs? There isn't a third leg where maybe <laughs> this could happen again. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, that's where I'm at now. Is I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm ready to move on from this now. So yeah. what what do you know about the ECHL, Fort Wayne, that kind of thing? I mean, I, I've heard a lot of really good things about Fort Wayne. Um, you know, a lot of guys say that it's like the London of of the East Coast League. You know, they get a lot of fans and treat their players really well and. Um, 
you know, it's it's more about how professional they are and, and within developing guys and wanting to see them succeed. So um, very similar to London. Um, obviously, um, you know, I'm going to miss it here, but it's it's nice that it's not going to be too far off of, you know, same amount of fans coming to watch me play every night, which is, you know, it's, it's, it's impressive. So, yeah. Well, it's great to see, like you say, everybody's got their own journey. You've seen Stanley Cup winners go to the ECHL, work their way up, and, and win that Stanley Cup. Good yeah. luck doing the same thing. Thank you. Former London Knights goaltender Brett Brochu, member of the Fort Wayne Comets, will follow his career and the careers of Sean McGurn and George Diaco and a lot of other former London Knights. Sergei Kostitsin just finished the Belarusian Cup where his team made the quarterfinals. They got eliminated in the quarters, but that's an annual event. Uh, Chris D'Souza has been doing incredibly well playing for Munich in the early going of the preseason and some of the little tournaments that teams get involved in in friendlies in Europe. So we'll continue to watch how guys are doing. Let's look at some movements in the past week because it's got some local connections. Will Bishop, who is from London, is headed to the Memorial Cup. Unless Saginaw chooses to make another trade, they have picked up the big defenseman who has been playing some time with the Sudbury Wolves, gave up a sixth rounder and a 12th rounder to get Will Bishop. And Saginaw also sent defenseman Olivier Savard to Barry with a draft pick for Braden Hache, who has all kinds of experience. He's an overage defenseman. So Saginaw, who will host the Memorial Cup this year, making moves to shore up their defense. And the other move that involves a local player and will actually involve opening night, and Gavin Bryant, he tends to score when he plays in London. He's from Ingersoll. He's been a member of the Owen Sound Attack. He was traded along with a third-round pick to the Niagara Ice Dogs for forward Declan Waddick. So Waddick is now a member of the attack, but Gavin Bryant goes to Niagara. And Gavin Bryant, trust me, saves his best for the London Knights. And the Knights in Niagara will meet on September 29th on opening night of the regular season for both of those teams. Pretty fantastic stuff. And, and just last year, Gavin Bryant, 26 points in 30 games. He had 10 goals. The first time he reached double digits. The year prior to that, I believe it was his rookie year, in 63 games. And he played 63 games. He scored nine goals. He scored 10 in just 30 last year. So expect maybe another jump from him, maybe a, a, a high in, in points. And yeah, you're, he could start off with a bang because they get ready to play the London Knights. And as you said, he likes feasting on them. He does. He does. So we'll watch for that on opening night. Before we close out the pod, and we'll have another one later this week as we preview the training camp roster and give you maybe some players that will make it through to the green and gold game that you can watch for. Again, fans can be at the green and gold game 4 p.m. on Saturday on Labor Day weekend as the Knights take one last look before they decide who will head into the preseason. But we sat down with Dennis Marook, and Dennis Marook is a guy who scored 50 goals and then 60 goals in the National Hockey League. And somebody who is not 5'10", under 5'10", playing back in the 70s and then the 80s, playing for teams like the Cleveland Barons and the Minnesota North Stars, the Washington Capitals. He wasn't on star-studded teams, but he found a way to be a star. And Dennis says much of what he did in the NHL, as he looks back now, he realizes it truly began in London. You know, um, I had three great years here, and 
uh, you know, the one year I had 66 goals in 65 games. And, uh, you know, I just, I just kept going, won, won the Red Tilson Award, most viable player. So, uh, I mean, the city here itself and the team has a lot to do with what I did in the NHL because it got me recognized and all that kind of stuff. So then, you know, of course, I had a, I had a 50-goal season in 81, 82, and then 82, 83, I had the 60-goal season. So, you know, I, I look back at, uh, yeah, I was a guy that was told it was too small to play in the NHL. And, uh, uh, and, and I ended up playing 14 years and almost 900 games. So I kind of showed them. And what did it take to do that? Because, I mean, it was a different brand of hockey back then. If they could hurt you, they were going to. Yeah, it was survival. There was no doubt about it. Uh, there wasn't too many games that, uh, that I, uh, I um, uh, was not hurt after the game, you know, so because I had a target. I was a goal scorer, playmaker. So they say, get that guy. And, you know, and, and uh, you know, I started out when uh, Dave Hutchinson had a golf tournament and and I, he was already playing. I said, "Hi, say, like, what's you know? You playing NHL? What do you got to do to?" He says, "Danny, you can you can score goals, you can make plays, but you got to be a prick out there." I go, "What do you mean? You just got to hit everybody. You got to do that. You got to learn that part of the game. And if you do, then you'll get more room, you get more space, and they'll respect you for that." And I and I did that. I did it right away in training camp. I was hitting players on our team uh, because I was told at that time. My agent was Boom Boom Jeffreyon, and they told us that uh, that I was going to the minors. I was going to play with the team for for, for a couple of years because I was small, buck one fifty eight, and needed to get stronger, mature. And they didn't. I didn't even get offered a contract at that time. So uh, Boom Boom, Mike Denny, he score you a lot of goal. We signed contract today, and they go, no, no, he's going to the minors. And then saw so the first exhibition game. I played against Marcel Dion, L.A. Kings, and I had two goals and assists. And they tapped me on the shoulder and said, you call boom, boom, and tell them we signed contract, get back to Oakland. So that's how I always had to prove, you know, saying about the size and all that, and I still had to do it then, you know. So, uh, I mean, I came out with a, a, my last year junior, and I, I figured I'd be a first-round pick, but no, I wasn't. But look at yeah. where you made it look at what you went right. through hardest buildings to play in because you played in so many classics Boston yeah. Garden Philadelphia Spec- Chicago yeah. State of the Olympia yeah. what one do you think about was the hardest to play in oh I would I would um, Detroit the Olympia was challenging but the stadium Chicago Stadium was just so loud and it was with the organ and all that it was pretty good but the toughest had to be Philadelphia the spectrum there that had to be the toughest because, because the way their team was the way they were, they were just that aggressive. And no matter who was pl- doing it, they were spearing, slashing, cross- thank you, cross-checking, whatever, you know. And, and yeah, you, you had to give it back there. And I say I would say that would be the toughest. Well, enjoy the rest of the day. Thanks thank for the stories. My pleasure. Dennis Marook, who starred for the Knights and then went on to be one of the very few 60-goal scorers in National Hockey League history. Well, Kyle... We're almost there. Training camps have opened for nine teams. Tuesday will mean the opening of a few more Then Kingston on Wednesday. And Knights fans get to say they can save the best for last. The Knights open it up on Thursday at Budweiser Gardens. We'll have more coverage then. Oh, it's so exciting. And and the podcast is going to start ramping up as well. You're going to start hearing more episodes, especially as we get into the preseason. And of course, once the regular season starts, you will be getting full doses of the night shift as we are getting ready for 
Mike, season two, uh, season one was was quite a season. Remember, it was the long one going all the way to the OHL finals against the Peterborough Peets and hoping for a repeat performance and maybe then some. Maybe then some. We'll see. Everybody's <laughs> zero and zero right now. Everybody can win the Memorial Cup, just like everybody can win the Super Bowl and the Stanley Cup. It's a great time of year. Kyle, we'll talk soon. Sounds good, Mike. And again, follow the pod on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts, at Calgamard on Twitter, at Stubbs980 uh, with two Bs. And like you said, more episodes to come. See ya.